the title of my message today is Receive the Holy Spirit. God wants you to receive the Holy Spirit, not only to be born again, but also to overflow with the power of the Holy Spirit. Carol's mentioned that you know, recently we've shared some testimonies of healings. And, um, for some of those who missed it, recently I was in a shop in, um, in the town and I prayed for a young guy. I said to him, I said, are you a Christian? And he said, no. And I said, do you know anything about Jesus? And he said, no. And I said, well, Jesus will heal your body if you want. And God healed him in the shop. And, you know, that's not me doing anything incredible. It's not me being powerful. That's Jesus. All I said is Jesus wants to show up. And how he shows up, he shows up in the power of his Holy Spirit. Amen. In fact, Jesus spoke more about the coming of the Holy Spirit than almost anything else leading up to his death. In fact, when you read uh, his final time with the, the, his followers, John 14, 15, 16, 17, it's this focus, what he's trying to get them to think about is the Holy Spirit. In fact, in John 16, Jesus said, it's better that I go away. That Jesus would die for our sins to redeem us. He would then rise from the dead on the third day. And then, 40 days later, ascend to the Father. And he's still there waiting for his second coming. But Jesus said, it's better that I go away. Because if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. He said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Imagine telling that to the disciples of three years, seeing everything they'd seen, seeing Lazarus come out of the tomb, seeing incredible things. And Jesus, it's better that you go away. He even said to them, there's things I want to tell you now and reveal to you. You cannot bear them. But when the Holy Spirit comes, he will bear them. He's been with you, but he will be in you. He's been with you, he'll be in you. I've been with you, but I will soon be in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's better that I go away. So Jesus really wants you to understand about his, his Holy Spirit. And the devil really doesn't. Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna look because I walked with Jesus for you know 12, 13 years, really knowing him. And I've seen him do incredible things, but I still feel like I know very little. I still feel like I'm only just getting to to grasp. When Jesus said, it's better I go away, it's more glorious, it's more powerful, it's more wonderful, that still applies to us, because we still live in the church age. What Jesus promised to his disciples then, we're still in that window of time where it applies to us. Yeah. Amen? So there's always so much more that we can experience, but it's us that can put the limits on the Holy Spirit. We can quench the Spirit's fire, we can grieve the Holy Spirit, what it says. In the scriptures, but Jesus says, Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So we're going to look at that. But I want to give you the context of how that came about when he said those words to, to give you the real picture of that and, and really add weight to it. Because in John chapter 20, reading from verse 17, this is where I want to start. Jesus has, he's died, he's risen on the third day. Mary Magdalene, some other disciples, female disciples have come to the tomb early the first day to prepare Jesus' body and he's not there and they go and tell the disciples and Peter and John essentially have a foot race down to the tomb and John he doesn't brag about it but he, he beats Peter to the tomb and he gets and looks into the tomb and you see that there's, there's only the, the folded grave clothes which was I mean, that would never happen if someone stole the body. You would just take everything, wouldn't you? But the, the grave clothes are folded, they're there. 
and they believe and they see and they remember what Jesus said about rising again. And Mary Magdalene had been with them, she turned up and she, they seem to have gone at this point, but Jesus is, a, is not too far away, if only they just stuck around a little bit longer. And they look, she looks into the tomb again and she sees two angels, one at the foot and one at the head of where Jesus' body had been with the, gray, with the folded grave clothes in the middle. And she sees the two angels there. But then she doesn't focus on the angels. She, she starts to look for where Jesus is. And she says, I don't know where my Lord is. I don't know where they've taken him. So she, she goes out of the tomb and she goes into the garden. She sees who she thinks is the gardener. And she asks him, she says, can you tell me where, where are they taking my Lord? I don't know where he is. I don't know where they've, they're taking him. I need to find him, basically. And this man turns to her and says her name, Mary. And that's where we start our reading today. So from John 20, verse 17, it's going to be on the screen. Jesus said to her, Mary. So you don't know it's Jesus until this point. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. So this is how the story starts. And what really struck me as I was thinking about this is that Mary stuck around longer. She looked for the presence of Jesus longer than the others. She's more deliberate, more determined. And when she finds Jesus, and the others don't seem to have found him, because Peter and John had come, then they've gone again. And Mary's still looking. And she finds him, and she's holding on to him. Some commentators, commentators would say that actually Jesus is saying, you can't, you, know, you can't touch me. But it doesn't seem to make sense, because later on, he invites Thomas to touch him. In fact, I think the best way to read this story is, don't cling to me too long, because I'm not going to be here for long. You know when you see those, um, you know, you see those military soldiers come back on a plane, and their wives are running to them, and their kids are running to them, and they're like grabbing them, and they don't want to let them go? Yeah, that's why I imagine being like, I've already lost you, I don't want to lose you again. But Jesus is saying, you've got me, but don't cling to me for too long. Because soon I'm ascending. Soon I will ascend to the Father. And you know, Jesus, when he ascended, though he's God in the flesh, he's God who became man, he took on human nature in addition to his divine nature, both at the same time. When he resurrected, he's still God and man. Amen? He's, he's in his glorious resurrection body. And so when he says, go, to, go and, uh, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, my God and your God, well, the reason that Jesus says my God is because he's a man as well, isn't he? In addition to being God, he's also a man. And so the, the reason he worships the Father and says he's my God, which he didn't do a lot of the time, is usually my Father, isn't it? 300 times, I think, in, in the Gospel. My Father. But he says, go and tell my brothers. So because of the cross, because of the redemption of the cross... We're now not only children of God, but we're brothers with Jesus as well. In the book of Hebrews, it says he's not ashamed to call us his brothers. This is what you've got to understand in the context of receiving the Holy Spirit, it's who you are as a children of God. So you're the children of God. And Mary 
is in that place of not wanting to let go of Jesus. And by the way, I think it's a great posture to have with God. Amen. Jacob wrestled God all night long, didn't want to let him go. I will not let you go until you bless me. Who else did similar things? Moses, when they come, said, I can't go any further with these stubborn people. And Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with me, I'm not going. So there's something deliberate, something intentional you've got to be about the Holy Spirit. It's not a passive thing, I don't think. You've got to receive him. You've got to want to receive him. You know, if you can live without the presence and power of Jesus, you will. You will. It doesn't mean you won't go to heaven. But there's so much more for you that you have to take hold of, literally take hold of. And I think that's illustrated in the story. But later on, it gets to the evening now. So remember, this is early morning when they've come back the second time to the tomb. But on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, Sunday, the doors being locked where the disciples were, the fear, sorry, I'll read that again. The doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. You have to say something if you walk through a door, don't you? Peace be with you. Because after that, he was the door. Amen. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them, again, peace be with you. And you have to catch this part. This is so significant. One of the first things Jesus says to his followers in commissioning them. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. So Jesus is now here. He's resurrected. He's overcome death. He's got the keys of life and death in his hands. He's there with the children of God. And they are to receive the Holy Spirit. Did they receive it there and then when he said those words? They may have done. However, they definitely did at Pentecost which was 50 days from this event. Because Jesus was with the disciples for 40 more days, appearing, it seems, every day, teaching them about the kingdom of God, speaking about you know, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And then he ascends on the, on the 40th day, physically to heaven, which I can never quite get my head around, but he's, heaven's more real than earth, you know, that like he ate food, right? He, he was physically touchable, and yet he transcended the natural laws, he could walk through walls and he could, well Jesus did that before the cross, he walked on water didn't he? Because the kingdom of God's greater than just mere creation it, it transcends it but he says to them, receive the Holy Spirit as the Father has sent me so I'm sending you so the Father sent Jesus into the world on a mission, but Jesus never did miracles until he was baptised, until the Holy Spirit was poured out on him at his baptism there's films of, you know, teenage Jesus touching people and healing them. It's just not biblical. Jesus didn't do any of those things until later on. He says in Philippians chapter 2, he emptied himself. He didn't stop being God, but he became a man who relied on the Father. He relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. And then, once he received the Holy Spirit, he was tested and he came out of the testing in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, As the, remember that, remember the pattern I've been through. As the Father has sent me, now I send you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the one who gives the Holy Spirit. 
And by the way, if we're ever trying to focus on just the Holy Spirit, or just miracles, or just signs and wonders, we've lost it because we need to focus on Jesus. He's the one who sends us, he commissions us. And with that commissioning, he gives us power, he gives us demonstrations. He shows up, he does wonders. But the first thing he does is regenerate you. He makes you born again as the children of God. He breathed on them. What did God do to Adam in the garden when he created him? He breathed him. He, he, he nailed down and breathed life into his nostrils. And it says in the Bible, he became a living soul, became a living spirit. He wasn't alive till that point. But it's his breath in our lungs, amen? The word spirit, Holy Spirit, in the Hebrew and the Greek is the same word. It's, it's, it means breath. It means breath. Hebrew is ruach, which is the breath. And in Greek, New Testament, it's pneuma. Both mean breath. So he's the spiritual life within us. But that was lost. At, you know, at the fall, it was lost at the fall. Something of that glory and that was lost. But Jesus redeemed us, didn't he? And not only that, he's breathed life. So we're no longer dead in sin, so now alive in Christ. And that's, that's symbolic in the breathing of breathing on them. Receive the Holy Spirit. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. And we need to receive him. You know, some people say, you know, Jesus doesn't do miracles today. Those things are in the past. And there's some people in the church who minister say, well, I'm not a cessationist. I'm not someone who believes it completely start. I just don't think there's that much of it anymore or that we should expect so much of it. And really, wherever you set your expectation, that's probably where God's going to meet you. Because if you say, I, I, think he's, I believe he saves people still, but I don't believe he heals people, well, then you've limited him in that, in that area. I, I don't believe in this speaking in tongues thing. And it seemed to be such a negative thing to have a private prayer language with God. I can't think of anything better. You know, this week, I struggle to pray sometimes. I don't know about you. But I get in that, I use my tongue, I release that tongue. And all of a sudden, I can hear God better. I feel more connected. I feel more alive. And even today, just I, I imagine Jesus sitting next to me. It's almost like I could sit in on the way to church today. And I'm just praying in tongues. And I felt like he was giving me the actual interpretation of what I was saying on the way down. Why would you try and do your Christianity without that? People say, do I have to speak in tongues? Or do I have to heal the sick? Or do I have to cast out demons? You don't have to. <laughs> you get to. <laughs> Amen? You get to do the good stuff. Amen. But the most important thing is that you're redeemed, you're transformed, you're born again. But it doesn't stop with being born again. Jesus didn't just die to get you into heaven. One great speaker said, he died to get heaven into you. Amen. There's so much more. There's so much more. If Jesus said, it's better that I go away, it's more glorious, it's to your advantage that I go away, and you experience your life without me physically here, but with the presence of God with you fully, and it's better, and that is open to us. He makes you think, what are we doing? What are we wasting our time on with worthless things? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you can't just enjoy it the good things of life. I'm telling you, there's, there's people who are desperate for God. There's people like Mary Magdalene out there who just, there's nothing else for them. You know what I mean? There's nothing else for them. And they've got Jesus and they cling to Jesus. They realize there's nothing else for them in this life. Nothing can really give me the satisfaction that's in him. There's nothing that makes me feel the way he does when he shows up. Amen? Mm -hmm. 
And when you get to that place, you're in a good place to receive the Holy Spirit. When you feel an empty through the things of life, maybe you're open to something beyond this life, beyond this world. Jesus said that you're going to preach goodness, you're going to preach my gospel, you're going to preach the forgiveness of sins in my name. And whoever sins you forgive, I forgive. We can forgive anyone. Do you know the biggest stumbling block, I think, to receiving the Holy Spirit is bitterness and unforgiveness. Because if you have unforgiveness in your heart, if it was a previous pastor that let you down, if it was uh, a previous relationship, a previous husband, someone like and you're always thinking about that, and you've not really let it go, you are limiting the Holy Spirit. You are really limiting the Holy Spirit. Jesus has given you, he's given you all of his grace. He's put billions of pounds in your bank account. And some people out there owe you five pounds. You can forgive them. You can forgive them. Whoever you forgive, I forgive. If you forgive someone, God just said, we have to come to me as well. You, you've just forgiven them, by the way. According to Jesus, it's complicated to get a head around. People must repent as well. They must turn and put their faith in Jesus to be saved. Ultimately, but we can forgive. You can forgive. There's people that wronged you, um, and you're wondering why they haven't come to faith yet. It might be because you haven't forgiven them yet. I'm not even joking. You're praying for someone out there. Have you truly forgiven them for X, Y, Z? Because it's one of the first things Jesus talked about. If we're to preach the gospel of grace, if we're to preach the God, and that's the main thing, that's what Jesus was sent into the world to, and that's what we're sent into the world by him to do. Have you truly forgiven people? I'm just telling you, because sometimes you think, well, where's the Holy Spirit? I don't sing so much of him. But sometimes you've just got to get with God. You've got to just make sure that you're right and you're pure with him. However, if the Holy Spirit is showing up and doing signs, miracles, and wonders on you or on someone else you know, doesn't mean that they're perfect. Doesn't mean that they're not without sin as well. So it's one of those things. But we're called, we're called to go forth and multiply. We're called to preach forgiveness in his name. We're called to not only carry the fruit of the Holy Spirit, like Len said, but to bear the gifts of the Spirit yeah. as well. And I wonder today if, when people speak about the Holy Spirit, think, I really haven't had that yet. I really haven't had that experience of him yet. I really haven't. I know I'm not filled with power from on high. And by the way, it's not a feeling, but it's an experience and it's, a, and it's an, an awakening almost, I would say. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, you can still doubt that they're not minister of the power of the Holy Spirit. But I remember the day, I'm, I'm going off my notes now, I'm nearly finished by the way. But I remember a few years ago, and I, I've, you know, I believe in Jesus, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm receiving His Spirit and I'm getting people laying hands on me. But yeah, I, I still struggle with the idea that God could use me. I, I've stepped out many times, and many times I've seen people not healed. In fact, I think probably out of the first 300 people that I prayed for, I barely saw anyone come to faith, uh, so, or, or healed either. And I was getting discouraged, I'm like, should I just give up? <laughs> I just, but I remember hearing someone speaking about, 
You can have lots of faith, but also you can have doubt as well, or you can have other things in your heart. You've got to pull those things out and realize that they're there. And all of a sudden, you'll be in a better place to be used by God. And I remember this one day, I was walking down the street, and I just said out loud, I don't know if I was prophesying, I don't know what, but I said out loud, I've had enough. God wants to use me. God wants to heal people. God wants to set people free. And he wants to use me. And I'm not second best. I can't remember the way I said it. But from that point on, I decided to just believe what God said. To believe, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. To believe when he said in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will heal the sick. I believe that. I, I took hold of it. And from that point on, out of the past 300 people I prayed for, most of them have got healed. Praise God. Most of them. I don't really keep a record. I just try and remember the occasional story. I should keep a record. But I would say, you know, you know what I mean? And what, what changed was this mental shift of just, did you feel anything? Did you get, oh. And I'm like, no. And I got to a place that I really believe God heals. I really believe God's Holy Spirit wants to show up. He wants people to be saved. When I was speaking with that guy, that Bangladeshi guy in the shop, and he asked me, I said, do you know anything about Jesus? No. And God's telling me he needs to be healed. Do you know Jesus will heal you? At that point, it's like all doubt left me. It's like all doubt. And I didn't feel anything until I put my hand out like that and I could feel energy coming out of my hand. I had to step out in faith. You've got to step out in faith. Some of you are doing that already. Some of you think, I just need a bit more of the Holy Spirit. I just need a bit more of this, a bit more of that. Just get with the Lord and say, what's the blockage? It might be doubt. You have lots of faith and still have that. It might be unforgiveness. It might be that you don't really believe this is for today. Whatever it is, just sort it out with Jesus and just do the work. I'm telling you, I know it sounds like I'm just telling you what to do, but I'm telling you, all of you, every day, there's a great preacher called Smith Wigglesworth. He said, I want to see one person saved every day at one point in his life. And from that point on, he did. One person every single day of his life led to faith, at least one. And he said to himself, that was like, it was like a conviction. It's like, I must, at least one person every day. And you know, you are so weak without the Holy Spirit. Do you know, I can't be bothered without the Holy Spirit. I, I'm just, I can't, I can't even tell you the difference the anointing makes with, in terms of motivation, in terms of energy, faith, all of that. I'm such a shy person without the Holy Spirit. So shy. And yet I've been in environments where God has just used me. And he can do the same for you. The only, there's no difference between you and Smith Wigglesworth. There's no difference between you and the Apostle Paul. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe there's no difference? The only difference is here and what you decide. But the truth will set you free. Amen. If you believe... Mark 16, those who believe these signs will follow. If you believe it, take hold of it. To have faith in it and choose not to have doubt in it, you will see it. And this, this, the next two months, I want you, let's all together, set out as much as possible to be used by God.
He's not just for Sunday. He's for when you're at the petrol station. He's for when you're at the supermarket. Yeah. He's for when you're in that doctor's appointment. He really is. He's when you're getting your phone fixed with a guy who can barely speak English. And you think, how am I going to communicate to him? Jesus can show up. Amen. 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 Let's just pray. Let's all stand. Let's just receive the Spirit. Let's receive him. Welcome him. Let him baptize you afresh. And we're going to ignite each other's faith now. Amen. We're going to ignite each other's faith. Right now, I want this to be a place where you're free of the Holy Spirit. You're free of people, what people think. You're free of what you've told yourself. You're free of the limits you've put on yourself. You're free of the lies. You're free of unforgiveness. God, right now, gives you the grace to forgive. If you got let down by a previous pastor, you got let down by a previous husband, you got let down by someone, you got let down by your spouse, forgive them. Forgive them. Anyone you forgive, I forgive, says the Lord. But don't withhold forgiveness because it's important you don't withhold it for their sake and your sake. Pray for Holy Spirit boldness to come on. Lord, you know I'm shy without you. You know I'm a, a stammering mess without you, but I thank you, Holy Spirit. Your word is so powerful. Your spirit is so powerful. Just close your eyes and just receive him. Holy Spirit, talk to him. Jesus, baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Make us witnesses for you. Make us witnesses for you. I pray for an increase of Holy Spirit boldness in this place. As they pray in Acts 4, grant us boldness. Grant your servant boldness to preach and, and perform signs through the name of your servant Jesus. Lord, you take the shy and you make them bold. Lord, past Pentecost, people change. Peter was a different man after Pentecost. Lord, I pray for people that you transform them. You transform me, you transform everyone, even the people who couldn't be here today. I pray for a new Holy Spirit awakening on them, that they can be used by you, Holy Spirit. People who count themselves out. I pray for people like Linda who started stepping out. I pray for people like Malcolm and Cecilia who aren't here, for Mark who said, I, can't, I don't know if God wants to use me in those ways. God, you want to use everyone. You said we will do greater things because I go to the Father. And I thank you, Lord, that that is true. We will do greater things collectively. We will do greater things for you before you come again. Holy Spirit, don't let us be waiting until you come. Pray for your, your arrival. We are your witnesses. We want to carry your kingdom. We want you to save people. Lord, we don't want to sit in this dull state of nothing happening. We pray this week, Lord, for that help. Save them, Lord. We pray for their silly families. Save them. But Lord, we pray particularly for us. Help us, Lord. Put life in us. Put boldness in us. Put motivation in us. But a stirring like rivers. I want to see one person saved every day. Oh God, what would it be like if we were like that? If we were all like that. If we were like the Iranian church who gave away several Bibles a day for 10 years in a country where the Bibles are illegal. God, make us like that. Make us like that. We're worried about what someone's going to think when someone gets upset. Change it, Lord. Change it for us. Make us bold. 
Replace the fear with fire. Replace the fear with fire. Just say those words. Come on. Replace the fear with fire. Replace the fear with fire. Replace the fear with fire. Jesus, we welcome you. Just lift up your hands and just receive from the Holy Spirit now. He wants to breathe on you today. He wants to breathe on you. You might have never seen anyone healed in your life. You might have never prophesied in your life. But Jesus breathes on you. His name sounds like a breath. Yahweh. His name sounds like breath and living water. Jesus. Breathe life on us. Breathe life on these dead bones. Lord, you know we're nothing without you. Without me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. Help us to do immeasurably more by your spirit. Put us in situations and environments where we need your miraculous power. I pray for people here that they would be raising the dead, that they would be casting out devils weekly, Lord. I pray that they would be seeing people say weekly, Lord. Only you can do it. We just break through that demonic lie right now that's coming in this way. Just feel the enemy just turning up and not liking it. It's like, cast you out, devil. You're so done over the lives of these people. The real spirit of fear and doubt is coming off someone right now. Just see this blackness. You go in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit. You are light and light. Release your power. Release your power, we pray. Let this be a year of increase. Let this be a year of power. Let this be a year of your fire, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Come on, let's just pray in the Spirit. Let's just engage our faith with Him. The enemy doesn't like this right now because you're choosing to rise up above your feelings. You're not dictated by your feelings. You're not dictated by a cold January. You're dictated by the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is always greater the new situation. Jesus, Jesus. Come on, let's just keep praying. Engage your faith in. Just tell him whatever you want to tell him. What do you want to see? What do you want to see him do? What are you longing for? Come on, let's just turn on. It's Jesus who gives you the Holy Spirit. Say, Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Jesus, fill me. Father, fill me with the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. 